Welcome to this episode of Beers Beats Bailey with Matthew Bailey. I'm Ricardo hey. Medina. And I'm Matthew Bailey, the right. one and only. So we're going to be talking about uh, three movies, mm-hmm. uh, two of which I've seen and one uh, my associate Ricardo have seen. Yeah. Um, that film that Ricardo have seen being, uh, what's the name of the movie? Yeah, Beasts of No Nations, uh, starring uh, Idris Elba. Yeah, who uh, just may be the, the black James Bond. Right. Now it, Put uh, my money on that. This came out, this came out on uh, Netflix the other day. Um, this movie is really well done. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about that. Right. Um, we'll also be talking about... Same sort of political aspect, but I wouldn't say it's similarly themed, but it still has a political background to it. Uh, um, the latest film from Steven Spielberg called Bridge of Spies. It once again reunites Steven Spielberg with uh, Tom Hanks. Yep. And uh, we, we both took in that movie yesterday and we enjoyed it as well too. Yeah, that was really and, good. Uh, as well as the uh, thriller. Well, I should call it erotic thriller from um, horror director Eli Roth by the name of Knock Knock. It yeah. stars uh, everyone's favorite messiah, um, Keanu Reeves, as a lead. Yeah. And um, yeah, I didn't. See I, that. I I I have I have my, my, my point of view about it, but yeah. um, you know. <laughs> All right. So yeah. in this episode, we will start with. Let's start with Knock Knock. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I didn't see this movie. I saw a trailer, and it looked really stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we both saw it in cinema at the time and we were laughing. Our yeah, asses and we were you know, making jokes how um, it is by John. Yeah, yeah, John Wick, John Wick John, got soft. Yeah, Literally, yeah. he got soft. Right. So, we're going to just focus on. Yeah, so Matthew, just tell me how how is this film? <sighs> Here's the thing, Ricardo. Um, honestly, I really wanted to like this film. Now, alright, first off, I'm not the biggest fan of Eli Roth. I've mm. seen a few of his movies. I saw Cabin Fever. Yeah. Didn't enjoy that much. It relied too much on gore than on actual like character um, characterization and stuff. To the point that you really didn't care for anybody in the film. You just wanted to see which idiot would die and how would they die. Right. Um, same thing goes for for Hostel as well too, which uh, really more or less brought back the whole torture porno, as I call it, gorno. Genre, subgenre yeah. of horror, back to the mainstream. Yeah, um, he came back with Hostel Two, Part Two. Sorry, which I personally didn't enjoy. I find it was just really too self-indulgent with its overly graphic nature. And one issue that I had with with um, with those films and with uh, Knock Knock is this sort of brand of humor that Eli Roth has. Like he has this this humor that. He's in the back, literally, like laughing. He he thinks it's pretty funny, but to the rest of us, it's kind of like, this is awkward. This is stupid. This is dumb. This isn't funny, to say the least. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And um, after that, um, well, I've well, I know there was this this TV series that he uh, I think executive produced, which was on Netflix called Hemlock Grove. Okay. Yeah. Never saw it. I heard it was it was alright, kind of so-so, but I know it's it has its final season. Um, later on this year, or I think it's later on this year or early next year. And um, well, for this year, for 2015, he had two films on his belt. The first being Knock Knock, which uh, came out in Sundance in January. And I'm not sure if the other one came out before, but I know it was released a little afterwards called The Green Inferno, right. which was Eli Roth's tribute to the, uh, the sort of cannibal yeah. uh, exploitation genre of mm-hmm. the um, 70s and 80s that the Italians did, you know. A lot of controversial movies came out of it, like Cannibal Holocaust, yeah. Cannibal Ferox, and yeah. you know a lot of copycats. But anyway, uh, so what we're talking about here right now is uh, Knock Knock, um, and this is surprisingly not a gory film. It's more a domestic sort of home invasion thriller, right. similar to like how uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, or if you have ever heard of a movie called Funny Games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, directed Michael, by Michael Haneke. Haneke. Yeah. 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 I saw the bit bits and pieces of the new version and um i well from from what i saw it was it was really creepy but i know like if i saw the whole thing i would have been really what i think about funny games that stood out is one of the few movies where i actually prefer the american version oh okay okay much like how girl with with dragon tattoo i actually prefer the american version right yeah no it's one of those few that's the one thing i remember about that film that that stood out to me all right well i haven't seen either so what was the issue was the the american version a lot faster or no yeah no it was a a better acting and two yeah better piece i think because but michael michael and i think if i remember correctly if i recall correctly made both versions yes he did he did right so he i think he just sat down and perfected what he thought was the problem uh, the first one, okay, and that is why I remember about the, the funny games, the American version yeah. being uh, 
Yeah, it just yeah. was better. Even though I really hate the ending to that film. <laughs> well, really, I, I really I, hate the ending to that film. But well, right. I mean, Hall- Halloween's coming up, and mm-hmm. I've been looking for some 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 ho- some horror flicks to, to check out. You know, some thrillers as well too. So, I wouldn't mind giving the American version of Funny Games a a, a view. Right. Uh, all right. But anyway, um, so Knock Knock, basically in a nutshell. Well, if you've seen the trailer, it more or less gives off everything what it's about. It's about an architect. It's played by uh, Keanu Reeves, aka John Wick. And before I forget, I'm gonna call this film. Well, this is my alias for the film, the emasculation of John Wick, mm-hmm. where you take this this badass action yeah. hero who you know who blew us away with Matrix and John Wick last year, and you know just literally or sorry metaphorically, right, castrated him, literally cut off his nuts and put him in his mouth, mm-hmm. literally, right. Um, so he's an architect. He has a Spanish wife, a very attractive Spanish wife. He has a son and daughter. And uh, the wife, son, and daughter are heading out to the beach on a you know a little trip up for the weekend. And, and uh, Keanu is home by himself. He has this project that he has to finish up. And you know he's in his zone. He's doing his thing. And then one rainy night. Uh, oh yes, and it, it also starts off at Father's Day, which is pretty ironic, right? right. So Father's Night or Father's Day night or whatever, right? Uh, he gets a, a knock on the door. He opens up. There's these two really attractive and younger in comparison to Keanu's age <laughs> women um, one of which that's the the, um, the black haired one because the black haired one is a really attractive a brunette, blonde one a brunette right? and a blonde. yeah brunette and a blonde right sorry mm-hmm. so the brunette one is uh, played by Lorenzo Izzo or Iza, I think it's Izzo or Iza. I'm not sure I have to check that out but she is uh, Eli's real life wife okay yeah and she also starred in the Green Inferno as well too so her name is Genesis and the blonde chick is uh, well her character's name is Belle and they're both Hispanic actresses um, but they well with the exception of the blonde chick um, Genesis is really trying to do a sort of American accent for the most part of works so basically they're in the rain they're wet um, you know Keanu being the nice individual the nice man that he is you know brings them inside and all three again like this really like sexual tension that keeps building up of course more particularly with the blonde chick who's like really trying to get on to, to, to Keanu yeah. and Keanu of course trying to be this this reserved individual he's trying to be you know um, dutiful and stay true to his wife and his family is really pushing her away you know but of course as we see in the trailer eventually he gives in to his own carnal desires and you know bangs them in the shower and in bed and whatnot and next morning he tries to get him out but you know <laughs> suddenly out of the blue and this is one of the main flaws of the film these in these two girls these two young women sort of act like you know immature brats they they're annoying him they they don't want to leave they're acting like little babies you know they they, they, they they're just doing dumb shit but he's trying to get them out and eventually he does and then he tries to get back to his work and then you know that's in the night time all of a sudden home invasion time they're in his home they tie him up they try to torture him in all kind of dumb ways and all through the film like well in that half of the film i should say that second half you're kind of left wondering like why exactly are they doing this to the poor man you know it's like yes you try to get yes he banged them and whatnot but still there's no real motive and that's the issue with the I really hated. There was no motive as to why they were doing these things. So in a nutshell, what they do, they just really trash things around. They, 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 they destroy most of his stuff. They tie him to a chair. They, they, they torture him. They, they put headphones on his ears. And, you know, they, he has this little turntable on. And he's, like, really playing around with the levels and, you know, making him deaf and whatnot. And just do, you know, just keep doing one dastardly thing after another. Right. And... He's just the victim. He's just like, no, no, please stop. Don't do this, that kind of thing. And, you know, he's cussing him out and whatnot, which is what you would expect from a guy like him, you know? But all through the show, you know, like, during those moments, you're just kind of wondering, you know, why are they doing this? It's not a revenge thing. It's not like, oh, you slept with me and then you kick him out. So now we have to take revenge on you. It's not like that because they knew first time that the man was married. Mm-hmm. And, right. But it's just, there's no clear motive and that was like one of the most disappointing things about the film like generally with 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 with, with films about like psychotic people right. um it's either the two main reasons why the character would be or they are is either because they have some sort of mental illness or because of some sort of re- um some revenge scheme something that happened to them before and they just 
exacting revenge. Right. In this case, it's just like they are two bored young women. They see this guy doing nothing. They're attracted to him. They have sex with him, and then all of a sudden, they just want to torch him and so then try not, to kill him. Isn't it like a what? It's like a kind of black widow kind of something going on. Kind there. of thing. And and you know like you know, it's easy to interpret it as oh well, this is some sort of feminist view on the home invasion genre all right. instead of guys coming in and torturing a little um sorry a, a woman now we have two attractive women right torturing a guy you know but still there's yeah. for, 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 for the viewer to really i won't say relate to the to the to the antagonist but more like understand why they're doing what they're doing you have to give them a motive right. even if they're bad even if they're doing horrible things you have to give them a reason why even if it's like guys coming in to invade somebody's house it could be this like say panic room for example yeah, yeah, they're no, trying like, to, 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 yeah, to, to to rob these people of money. Yeah. If the motive was money, and here we have these two people that are in the house that they're robbing from, right. and just happen to, to try to kill them or whatnot, fine. But the motive at the end of the day is gang money. In this case, it's just we are hot, we are bored, this yeah. is what we do, and a little spoiler alert, they've done it before to other guys. No, but yeah, they still don't really get into detail why they do it. Yeah. You know? And the thing is for me that this film could have been a lot smarter. Yeah. I knew just off the bat from the, the trailer alone that they were going for this sort of campy, sort of exploitative kind of vibe, and that's fine. Yeah. And the build up leading up to two girls, the two young women spars out is really well done. Like really in terms of pace, in terms of, you know, um, you're wondering what's gonna happen next, you're wondering when you're gonna make the the, the, the attack and whatnot. That build up was 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 fine. And for the most part, Keanu Reeves does a great job with the, the shitty script that he's given right. but the problem is that it's just so badly written and um, he's given some terrible lines to, to, to give <laughs> um, there's even one point where he literally goes into like Nicolas Cage Wicker Man <laughs> he melts down and it's so epic yeah. is him no, being but tied up is, yeah. no but Keanu is a person who um, you know is one of those cases of where you can have a movie. I remember seeing it. I forget where it was. I think it's either on Reddit or, or one of those thread movie, thread websites where hey. somebody asked a question um, whether or not you're going to have. Was it, was it one movie I've ever seen where you have the case where you have a good actor, best actor, and worst acting all in one film? <laughs> and Keanu Reeves falls in that category. Um, so, so does Nicolas Cage. So, yeah, he, yeah, he, so yeah. When, yeah. Keanu Reeves is always known as a kind of shitty actor. It's just he got the kind of the right roles. Uh, yeah. I'll argue Neo is kind of like that, that character where you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be wooden. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and it works in that sense. So I can totally see like films in the, in the future. All I'll argue that John Wick was still fantastic and really well. Yeah, I, I enjoy that. That's yeah. that's like my guilty pleasure movie. Yeah, no, no, but it's not even my guilty pleasure movie. I still think it's just a, just a good movie. Period. Yeah, it don't even feel like a guilty pleasure movie. Like it was bad. Yeah. Um, so, but he, but I kind of glad like, to like, hear with him. him. Like, I'm like, kind of glad that, that you tell me that. Yeah, but even with a show like, like John Wick, for example, he kind of downplayed his character. He didn't have a lot of lines. It no, was just all about the, physicality. The character makes sense in the sense that he's a genius, but he, he have a kind of borderline autism about him. Yeah. That is why he's so good um, mm-hmm. at, at his job. Um, so you understand why Keanu will have this kind of wooden acting in, in um, John Wick. Yeah. Could work. It yeah. makes sense. It's like, like, why he's so smart? Why does he get headshots every time? That kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. He's probably an autistic savant. It's you know, it have that aspect to it. And then he loves his dog. Yeah. And he had to kill his dog. Well, no, he had yeah. to go. He yeah. had to go. He had to go to war against yeah. the Russian yeah. mafia yeah. because he killed just, his dog. Just, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. He went ham because of the dog. Yeah. Right. Stuff like that. So that's why it fits his. his so I, I kind of I, I love that the fact that he actually has a, a meltdown moment. Yeah. Um, and this movie. actually, I would just want to see the movie because of that now. Yeah. Yeah. I I would no. For me, I would actually recommend that movie just to see that that meltdown. It is right. so incredibly epic. Yeah. And for me, like I haven't seen a lot of Keanu Reeves movie, but I've never heard that man cuss so much. Okay. Until I saw that meltdown. Right. It's just f bomb after f bomb after f bomb. <laughs> just like. F bomb a second literally, and okay. you kind of understand the stance coming from. It's like you come into my house, you try to come on to me. Right. I eventually give way. Come on, man, you're you're a woman. You know what I mean? You're hot. You're, you're, you're kind of giving it up to me, right? right. But now you want to kill me. You know what the hell? You know? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. You want to say? No, no. Uh, the thing with Eli Roth, Eli Roth is an incredibly self-indulgent director. Oh my gosh, I mean, is I, he? Yeah, yeah I, he is. The thing is, I actually think he has a lot of talent, yeah, frankly, but he just. Just like to have too much fun behind the camera, a little yeah. bit too much. I could tell that he was having fun with his right, strip, now, and know? I don't mind. I don't mind you do a fun strip where you yourself as the director you're having fun on set. You have a lot of fun, and many times that has ended up turning to, to, to be a shitty movie. Of course, um, I, I get the feeling that this was one of those. The second I saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, all right, 
you have this looking like a, just a ton of fun. We get the camera constantly kind of moving. Yeah, yeah. And then it go, it turned out to be shit. But like, yeah, and that's what what's happened. The, what's yeah. the budget for this? Cause you know, when I, I hear when I hear this kind of thing, I was like, you know, this looking like a twenty million. Yeah, I, I don't know really what, what the budget was. I know they, they, they shot it in um in Chile, I think it's Santiago, Chile. Okay, cool. Yeah, but they make it look like 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 Hollywood like um LA. Okay, I don't know really I don't, okay, good. I thought it was shot in United States. Yeah, I, I actually thought so too. I okay. just looked at the credits at the end. Okay. Yeah. Um but acting wise is is well, I mean, I can't really knock the acting down even from the, the, the two women. Right. Um they, they play their characters as trashy as they as it could be. <laughs> okay. Um but I don't know. It's just the execution of it all just didn't work, you know. Right. It was just like, and 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 There's this more, is and this is where where we get back to to, 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 the, yeah, to the whole humor thing. Like I could tell that Eli probably in the editing room or probably in the screening room or just laughing at this, like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is funny. You're yeah. taking a guy like 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 Keanu Reeves and you're you're, you're bringing him down to this, this sort of you know making him into this this pussy more or less. Right. This is funny. Ha ha ha. But to the rest of the audience, it's just like this is not funny. It's yeah. not funny. It's not funny. Uh, burying the guy in the backyard, that's not funny. It looks kind of funny in the trailer, but when you see it come together, it's just like, yeah, no, energy. no. Him screaming at the top of his lungs and cussing and, you know, no, no. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's just the approach shit. Maybe it was trying to be smart, but I don't know, this came off way too trashy and it's dumb. But I just really blame it on the script itself and the right. whole self-indulgence of, of the script yeah, as well. Too. Script, right. So... In a nutshell, um, I would say if you if you really want to see Keanu Reeves melt down in like this epic Nicolas Cage Wicker Man level, check it out. Um, Keanu Reeves is literally the best thing in the film. Although I didn't like the fact that they gave him these kind of crappy um, lines to, to, to give as well too. Yeah. Um, I wish there was a lot. There was a bigger motive, or like maybe if Keanu deserved it in the end, whatever. Um, at least give us a reason to kind of say, well, yeah, he deserved that. He shouldn't have done that. You know. Right. Give him some kind of, like, something that we could hate about him, you know? Because even from the beginning, he's like, yeah, he's a family guy. He loves his kids. He loves his wife a lot. But, you know, when he's, when he's, uh, these women come in and do their thing, it's, it, it, it's kind of like, yeah, you, you're supposed to hate on Keanu, but you don't really because you're not given a reason to hate him. Right. And then you're not given a reason to care about why they're doing this, uh, why these women are doing what they're doing. It's just... We're bored. We like to do this. We like yeah, to torture guys. Whatever. And it's just really shallow. Right, okay. So for me, this rounds things up. Is I will give it a two out of five. Oh wow. Yeah. I... A two, two, two really because of Keanu's performance and just um, well, Keanu's and the, the two women. They they were fine too. Okay. But I don't know execution wise and just pay off in the end. Totally worthless. Okay. So I could see this being in a lot of people's worst films of the year category. It might fall okay, on really? mine, but who knows. I will see this a year from now on HBO maybe. Yeah. If I but but really yeah, but you really have to see that 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 meltdown right, that cool. meltdown. I'll is give it incredible. a I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I'll probably get uh, yeah more than likely I'll be drunk and just be laughing at that shit. Yeah yeah I, I would recommend watching that drunk too. Yeah. You need to watch that drunk. One year from now. <laughs> so right after I'll probably come home but it'll be like three days after I watch Batman v Superman and I'll like just finish an assignment and I'll be like all right let me just watch this movie. Yeah. That's exactly what this movie can be. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, no, All okay, right. so I totally understand this review. I mean, I, that's, from seeing the trailer, I was, I was expecting something like this. Yeah, but it could have been a lot better, though, okay. I find. Even yeah, though Eli Roth is the, the best filmmaker out there, he's no Quentin Tarantino. No, yeah. No offense, but right. it could have been way better than the way it was. Mm-hmm. Alright, so All right. moving on, let's so, go to something a little more serious. Yeah, how about, what about uh, the uh, the Elba? A lot no? more serious, yeah. in fact, yes, I want to cut go to a review. Uh, this movie I uh, watched uh, last night. This is uh, Beasts of No Nations. It just it came out what about a week now on Netflix at the time it's recording. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is some dark shit. It's really, really really well done. So the story is about uh, a kid named Agu. Agu. Yeah. It no the thing is about it is that it clearly is reminiscent of um, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah. Um, and the idea of just what we call the African World War, the Second Congolese War, and All the right. amount of violence that went into that domain. So he is living in a village that is protected by UN peacekeepers and Nigeria, but they never, ex- they never, I don't think they ever established exactly which African nation it is. And I thought it was in, in at first value, I thought it was Ghana, but it, they never actually say where it was. Um, oh, okay, not, not even any opening credits. No, 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 it's, it's it's in the script, but they do mention Nigeria, right. so we, we you could kind of piece together where it is, but it's never actually said where it is. 
Um, all right, but is it important in terms of like no. understanding the film? No, 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 no. Okay. not at all. Why? Why that's important? Because he, he, virtually the whole story is pretty much told from Agu's perspective. Agu's a little kid. He's like about 20, 10 or so years old. I, I don't think, I forget what exactly his age is. I think he's around 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story starts off with him living in a protected um, domain in uh, in this undescript African country. Right. And then he then things go very very wrong. Um, oh my gosh. It's, it's invaded. Um, his entire what happens is that they get a chance to, to go out but what happens is that only the women get go out um, he couldn't uh, his father from what I understand couldn't afford to get him out right so it was really supposed to be his older brother and his father supposed to stay back and he was supposed to go what ended up happening is only the guilds went so I he see. his father and his uh, older brother stayed back just to hold back well to quote unquote defend the village they are, they are basically civilians and they are not soldiers mm-hmm. uh, and they kind of you know a lot of refugees coming into the internal camp and they, they had to sell land. They owned the land a long time, for mm. years. They basically sell land to hold to, for refugees to stay and whoever was driven by violence to the village. Right. So let's come. Um, they basically got sold out as quote-unquote traitors. There was a total kangaroo caught in the middle of the road. And then they, they say, well, execute every one of them. And that's wow. pretty much happened. Father got shot point blank. And then the brother and him ran. And his brother got shot right after. So he ran. And then... He bounces up with, he's, you know, he's basically starving, hungry. Mm. And then he basically bounces up with this troop of, a, a kind of independent troop of soldiers. And so the thing with, with these, um, with the, <coughs> sorry, with these African conflicts is you realize that people who are supposedly independent aren't that independent. Really, they're just part of a rebel faction. All right. And this rebel faction is led by Idris Elba. Ah. A, little, a little, small little faction that's led by a greater rebel group. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when things get better, but ma- in many ways worse. You All know, right. his life is now much easier. He kind of started to lose his soul. You know, he's ch- now he's basically a child soldier, and he gets to see child soldier in, and all of the dark aspects of child soldier. Everything that you've ever read, everything that you've ever done, the movie is very grimy. Wow. Very brutal. Um, it gets into everything that could go wrong for a child at that age, in terms of losing his. So you have yeah, the movie goes from him learning weapons he learns he's basically inculcated in the group mm-hmm. they show uh, a guy who's failed he kind of fails a test like they had this test where you were supposed to go through a beating and he, he, he like stumbles now and yeah. he gets beat badly and then they just carry him in a corner and slit his throat wow little shit simple <laughs> shit like that like, yeah, it's like yeah. it's that, that's how easy you can lose your life uh, what else oh they get into Idris Elba's character is like this big hero blah 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 he realize that he's well a hero to, to, to his people to, or no to, to the little group there in this little okay. group we realize that Idris Elba is also kind of slight spoiler but that, that a really dark and powerful scene but it's, it's, Idris Elba is also um, basically molesting the, the boys oh my god as well it's, it's like really really dark they have this whole scene with um, where they, they catch two like a girl and a, a girl and a mother and they rape the mother and then beat the girl and then he you now reach a point where, like a kind of breaking point, where he's like, he just, while he's ripping the mud, he just sh- sh- like shot her in the head out of mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the movie, real dark, super grimy. Wow. Uh, I totally but, recommend but, but watchable regardless, No, no, right? no. I totally recommend this movie. Now, the movie isn't gory. It's in gory, because a lot of this stuff is kind of generally implied. Yeah. Um, the couple things about this film that, I, that stands out. One, cinematography. It looks beautiful. It's really, really well shot. You really get skin tones. You really get um, sky, you know, trees, right. grass, you know, that stuff really, really well done. You know, the war-torn aspect of everything. Right. Camera work is fantastic. Technically, it's really well done. Sound, all this kind of stuff. The child acting. Idris Elba is fantastic as usual. Of course. He's yeah. ex- I, I, I don't think I've ever encountered a movie where he's bad. Um, but uh, the, the, all the child soldiers, all the child characters, this day they get young actors to, to do this stuff. And... Given the subject matter, um, you really get you really get a sense of yeah, a little boy went through that though. You mm. really get get that sense, especially with with sexual molestation. With they, they have a, a part in the movie where he had to um, they basically forced him to kill somebody, so he mm. had to kill this guy with a machete essentially in front of and the, the two he and his friend just had to basically hack this guy to death. Wow. Yeah, and that's just <laughs> part of it now. It's, it's just him just systematically losing his soul over time. Yeah. And it's really, really brutal, really well, but it's very well done. And it just, and then they, they just have him at the end where he got wrongs up by some, some UN peacekeepers. Alright. And they just throw him in a home, essentially. That's it. That's the film. The film is about two and a half hours long. It's very, very well done, though. Yeah. And it's, uh, I totally, re- by the way, I totally recommend this film, though. This movie is next to perfect for me. 
Um, Alright, I'm, I'm, I'm going to check that out no, for sure. No, I really recommend Definitely. it. This movie, I get I give it a quote-unquote high IMAX, even though it's on, a, on Netflix. Yeah. Um, big controversy in and around of the film. Apparently, a bunch of um, American um, theaters wanted to boycott the film. I'm not sure why. Um, uh, maybe it's because they don't want to see black people Maybe the nature of the film, maybe, the, or something, maybe or the politics of the film mm-hmm. around it. Um, the guy who... Oh my gosh. The guy who did the... Who directed it is I think Fukunaga. He did a bunch of he did, he directed a bunch of um, season one episodes for True Detective. I think almost oh, all him. of them. Oh him. Yeah. Fukunaga, I think is his. Yeah. Yes. 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 I know. Carrie. Carrie Fukunaga. Carrie. Yes. Carrie Fukunaga. Right. I think he's the director of it. Okay. So well, that's yeah. why it looks so good. It's so yeah, bright yeah, 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 and so yeah. real. It's really production well value wise. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. off the charts and it's, it's exceptionally well done. This movie I really liked. Um, right. It was very uncomfortable to watch because it was like. Oh, this happened, and it, you know what? The most uncomfortable thing about the whole thing is, you know, you know, when you're doing true true stories, you have to realize, wait, this actually happened to people. It's not. It's based off a book. Okay. It's based off of a book. Uh, was it like what a memoir or something? Yeah, no, it's a, a guy who was a, a, a I think he's an economist. I forget his name. The, the author of it, Awale, Awale. I think is his name. Okay. He's the guy who did it. Based off a book, based of no nations. Um, but it's just so exceptionally well done. And you, you really, they basically cover all of the, the sad and disturbing shit that happened basically in what we call the African World War, mm-hmm. right? The Second Congolese War. Um, they never, and what, what's cool about it is that it does what one of my favorite styles of storytelling is what I call subjective world building, which is it's told from the child's perspective. But because if you are familiar with the history and the material and what happened, everything that happens is realistic. Right. So it builds the world. So you, they show like a little simple stuff like a UN van and they show some white people in the van and him just looking and seeing that happen. Right. So but you if know, you're familiar with the history, you right. can just so you put know, the pieces together. You know together. what happened and you know how to, this little world building, every little realistic aspect. Of, again, they didn't see a nation, eh? so they didn't worry to get into actual historical events. Uh-huh. But it's because it's, it doesn't matter. Because it's a kid who gives a shit from his perspective now. Exactly. He's, he's forced into this violence. He's forced into this doing all this disturbing stuff. They had him like, well, he did um, one of the big disturbing things about um, child soldiers is to get them to rile up. They basically make them take drugs. I think, uh, well, in the story, they call it brong brong, but I don't know what other versions of it is. Basically, it's gunpowder and cocaine. Wow. That you have to <laughs> sniff essentially and do. It's, it's really grimy. It's an unbelievably grimy, grimy movie, but I totally recommend this movie. It is exceptionally well shot well done well acted mm-hmm. um yeah i get this our next next perfect movie this gets a high imax for me as i say that's more high rated right. as in if you were to go see this you should spend roughly yeah, 75 dollars for it it is with that cash uh uh yeah i totally love this is a quick quick review um i yeah. saw it last night so i still the, the i'll admit that i, I should have um, watched it a second time just to give it a longer little cook in my brain just to understand what went on exactly but is it worth checking out a second time though? oh no no totally i'm gonna, I gotta watch this i gotta watch this again um <laughs> tonight most likely um just to see how much more i appreciate it but i really really enjoyed this film yeah um it's really re- well done it again the dark stuff is re- is great um but yeah guys i totally recommend this film this movie is exceptional so that is beast of the new nations right and, it and is very good totally yeah, recommend I'm, I'm, it. i will definitely check that out yes. as well too um uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, it, no I'm, I'm just thinking about this stuff that, that you mentioned here. No, it's dark, it's real dark, it's really, really, really rough. But yeah. it's, it's so well shot, it's beautiful, you know. It's like, like cinematography wise, really, really, really well shot. Mm. And, you know, to send, we reach any point now where people not just exploiting the technology in a lazy way. Yeah, you have an IMAX, uh, you know, IMAX camera, or whatever it is, or you have an Ari Alexa. Yeah. But use that shit properly. Don't just say that you have a relax and then do use it properly. You exactly. You're getting to see the art built from the technology in a beautiful right. sense. And in this film, it looked damn good. Holy crap. Right. Um, it's really, really well done. Uh, totally recommend it. So, Ooh, guys, so. Uh, that is Beast of the No Nations. I totally recommend this film. Yeah. Fantastic. Is it Beast of the No Nation? Beast or, of No Nation. Beast of No Nation. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. All right. Yeah. yeah um, so, guys, that was Beast of No Nation. Yeah. Um, that's one I'll, I'll check out. Definitely, definitely not for the faint of heart from from what Ricardo told me. No, but no, yeah, it's it rough. Um, um, I'll I'll suck it up and, and check it out. Man, yeah, for, for uh, sure. Right. So right. moving on to another dark film, but but not, but not as violent. Not as violent. Uh, and, not and as more violent. hopeful. A little more hopeful. A little right. So we get into uh, the next film. I I saw this yesterday. Uh, um, same same as right. Well. The yeah. thing is, um, Matthew and I did not see this together. I had to go down south, um, south of Trinidad. Yeah. go see but i went to see in um in south park cinema which is like a movie town slash 
movie tongue esque, but not um, but it's really a cinema's aid company. Right. Uh, it's part of cinema's aid, but it looks movie tongue. So it feels the screen, the big screen in it is actually quite good. Okay. I uh, need I need to check that out too. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I went to see I went to see I've seen a good few movies there. Uh, so far, it's actually one of my favorite theaters because it's so close to my home anyway. Cool. <laughs> so now uh, we went to see Bridge of Spice. Yes. Um, this is bringing bring it back. The band is back together. Yes. Spielberg, Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks. Um, uh, this is their fourth collaboration together. Yes. So and first off being 1998's Saving Private Ryan, yeah, awesome. masterpiece awesome. of a war film. <laughs> Love that. Movie. I still don't understand how that film didn't I, I, win Best Picture. No, I do it. I you do know, it. Shakespeare and Love won. Yeah, what right. the hell? But anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, second else? second one being uh, Catch Me If You Can, mm-hmm. really love, delightful um, comedy drama sort of, one of chase one of, films. I love, love yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, mm-hmm. Really good. The, the whole concept of con man and that whole premise of how the con man can move about. Yeah, I love that concept. And the, t- and the music for that was, yeah. was fantastic. And third one being the terminal, which I liked. But I don't remember much of. I only saw it once. No, for me personally, that was Tom Hanks' weakest role. Yeah, it was, it was kind of unexpected um, for compa- me. I mean, compared to what we are accustomed with Tom Hanks. Now, Tom Hanks, for me, uh-huh. and you know, both of us kind of fall in this category of we are on the tail end of the millennial bunch, right? We're on the older end of the millennial. Yeah. And much like somebody like, we say, Robin, Robin Williams, uh, you know, just that person of who could do no wrong. Yeah. You, you get Tom Hanks to say something and have a set of values and you would listen to it. Of course. And we kind of got this with this film. Yes. We, we got that definitely, with this We film. definitely, yeah. Um, and the idea of, of, you know, what is, why, you know, he, it's not Captain America. It's no. not, it's a realistic aspect of the premise of what it is to, quote unquote, why America is such a great nation. Yeah. Why is America great? You know, this is something that it's not because it could kick butt or it's the best military, blah, blah, blah. It's really because they have something called a constitution. Yeah. Now, you could, you could, you know, bash America back and forth about being, you know, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves or Guantanamo Bay or wherever Noam Chomsky talking about. Something like that. And you can get into that geopolitics of why America is a shitty country. But in the end of the day, at least America, you have freedom. And you have the idea of making the premise of, yeah, you could, at least you're capable of talking about it. At least you have a channel to have that voice to talk shit about America. Of course. And that was the beauty of uh, this film. This film got into that. It got yeah. into... And with this film, I was really surprised because I, I was expecting... Munich all over again. Oh, I was expecting the dark aspect of things. Munich, in my opinion, was a really dark film. Not only in the sense of what transpired, but the idea, the the the, the existential nature of Munich. Munich was the whole point of Munich was that look, this war never going to end. Mm-hmm. It's never going to end. You cannot escape. It's going to just go back and forth forever. You're trapped. Both Jew, Palestinian, and everybody involved is just trapped in this swollen vortex of violence that's going to go on forever right uh, in this film they got into they made it a little more rational and they got into that now again Spielberg put his more you know he has a very storybook niceness about himself yeah and I, I, I would say it's like in this case I will compare it to like a show like War Horse or even yeah, yeah. Catch Me If You Can yeah, that's no, sort of a, classic right. Hollywood kind of vibe yeah. but he has a you know he likes to create this this moving normal Rockwell painting this this you know, J.D. Lyndecker approach to filmmaking where things just look like where it's the 50s. Yes, and it looks yes, yes. This movie is so beautifully shot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My gosh. Um, another big <laughs> shout out. Big shout out to this film. It was written by the Coen brothers. Yeah, the Coen brothers yeah, along with... Uh, I forget his name. Mark Charman. Cha- right. Yeah. I forget the, uh, because I saw Coen brothers and I, I saw the other guy. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what right. script Matt, Matt Charman Apparently, wrote, but I mean I, the Coen brothers, come on. Okay. For what I understand, I think he, 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 he's a more of a playwright. So I don't know his, his material from uh, the playwright work. But he well, does also screenwriting as well. Maybe maybe he was the guy, I could be wrong, I don't know, but maybe he's the guy who more or less adapted, because based off a book, yeah. so maybe he did the adaptations, right. and the, the pure adaptation from book to right. script, and maybe the Coen brothers were the ones who just sort of fine tuned Another thing about this film that I liked, well, I, here's where I get, I get the feeling from. Even though a lot of the information was put out at the time when he was... Uh, when it was um, 1957. Yeah. But they, at the end, they get some information that a lot of the information came out where the guy got a silver star. The, 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 who was the, the guy, the, what's his name, my Powers? Yeah, Powers. Right. He well, got, we get into to that character in a while. Anyway, no, yeah. but he, he they, they released, he, 
got a silver star from the United States the American president. This posthumously, of course. Right. Um, he apparently died he, in he died, he died in a, a plane crash. Uh, in a helicopter crash. Helicopter crash right. in 1977. Anyway, but right. he uh, he got a post-Thomas crash in 2012. So I suspect that all of that information was finally declassified fully in 2010, 2011 or so. Ah. I suspect that. All right. Because it's such a story that you would have thought they would have done before. And I was, yeah, I was, it was unusual I, I, that this would be coming out so late now. This yeah. is a movie that could have easily been done 15 years ago, even 25 years ago. Yeah, you know? and there were a lot of like Cold War films Thank during you. So you know, I, before. I was, so I was kind of unusual. That was kind of unusual. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to that. So this, the film is about um, Tom Hanks is playing James B. Donovan. Donovan. He's right. an insurance lawyer. Yeah, and what is about? Right, he's an insurance lawyer, but he had um, history in criminal law. Yes. And what he apparently he was also part of the Nuremberg trials. So right. he understands. Oh, inter- by the way, just to cut you there, um, Judgment in Nuremberg, classic movie about that um, that trial that took place. Right. Yeah, really. My favorite. Well, my there. favorite version of it. There was a film. It came out about three or so years ago, based on um, the famous um, philosopher and I think journalist Hannah Arendt. Uh, she, she 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 went to the Nuremberg trial and she popularized a concept called um, the banality of evil. Right. And she kind of gets into that whole aspect. So there's a movie about a Hannah Arendt. Just look up a Hannah Arendt movie. I All forget right. the actual name of the movie off the top of my head. I'm really sorry about that. Um, That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that was also excellent, excellently shot. Right. By the way. Anyway. Sorry, but this film, this so so Donovan's character played by Tom Hanks um, is a basically what they did. The plan was to they, they caught this spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, a Soviet spy, and this was right after the events of American nuclear secrets being to- sold out. Right. So this was in the middle of of Red Scare. You know, communist paranoia, and yeah, basically the American and, and public were pretty much being for blood yeah. uh, for anybody who's found to be a communist, and you could get into a whole that whole history. You know, McCarthy trials, and exactly, and all, and, all and they, they touch on it not too much, not, not for too, too long, much, but they but, but they touch on it in, in in key moments in the film. Right, and they, they got in a good the aspect of um, uh, the idea of uh, Tom Hanks kind of just saying, look, in the end of the day, forget the communists and all of this. We still have to hold up ourselves. So what the film did a good job with is they they, they dropped the case on Tom Hanks' lap. And say, look, you kind of have to take it, but we're gonna just make this a kangaroo court, and that's exactly what happened. All right, what what is this um, case? The case was um, what's the guy who played uh, Rudolph Evil? Ru- right, yeah. Rudolph Evil was a spy. He right. was a spy, but it's never established from Tom Hanks' perspective if he was actually guilty. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. That's not the point. The point is that he deserves a trial. Yes. And they got into that aspect of now he, he it was a total kangaroo court. The judge was like the judge was like yeah we have to totally put him out. Yeah. But what Tom Hanks said he gave gave some piece of brilliant logic and again as an insurance lawyer he understood this. They they brought in the aspect of him saying look we need to keep this guy alive, and it's also an excellent argument against the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, he said look we need to keep keep this guy alive because what if the Russians get one of our guys for whatever reason? Yeah. It could happen, right? What if it happens? And that is exactly what happened. Yeah. And they basically had to make a prisoner's exchange that was this big um, politics and, you know, who looking good and who's saving face and whatnot. And Abel's character was a spy for years, like a very, very long time, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And, and, what and, I, what and I he's, he's just it, doing a job as well too. Eh? Exactly. What I, lo- what I loved about it is that he was loyal to Russia, but in the end of the day, he was still a puss. They humanize everybody in this film. Yeah. Everyone is humanized in this film. Uh, and they got into the aspect of what real spy work is. Real spy work is actually quite boring. It's not James Bond. And it's not even John Care, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy type spy film. It's just a guy living his life and he just loyal to this country for whatever reason. Right. Um, and the, the machinations of spy work really gets into uh, really just a political thing. Most spy work, if you, when you get into the papers and what was declassified and whatnot, when you get into it, it was actually just really banal and normal. Yeah. It was just a guy, the guy just lived his life alone. Um, the, he just did work and then... And he was, he was a painter as well too. Right, yeah. he, he painted, he, you know, he, spent, he spent his time you know, on, his, on his, own, his own apartment, really run down stuff, he didn't live the life, he, didn't, he wasn't shagging anybody, Sean Connery style on you, that nonsense. <laughs> um, he didn't have any gadgets or anything like that. They got into that little aspect of him, they had this little cool sequence in the beginning with him. Yeah, um, and, and a coin that has yeah, some a little, little, microfilm, uh, little microfilm in it. Yeah, a little, little piece yeah. of information. I don't think it's microfilm. It was like a little message that was in code. Right. And he read it, and that was it. And that was it. That yeah. was it. It was really simple. Um, but he got captured. He got. He, they never verified when he spied not, but it didn't matter because it was a kangaroo court. But they had to give him a case. Yeah, exactly. But what Tom Hanks did is Tom Hanks get, um, instead of getting death penalty, he got to to life. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was kind of. And then he, everybody was being for his blood. Yes. So Hanks now 
Hank's character was like, all right, he's a villain. Well, he's a kind of bad guy. He's defending this guy who's clearly a communist. Why does he defend this person? And the level of paranoia and, and borderline, basically superstition, in my opinion, around in and around the Cold War and how nuclear weapons work. Yeah. Um, you know, the, that classic old joke, we laugh at it now, but people believe this shit back in the 1950s where you could hide under a chair and that will protect you from a nuclear blast and that kind of stupidity oh God. that happened at the time. <laughs> yeah. um, I, uh, but you, you, you could mention um, Powers. Right. Other guy, so what Francis did, Powers. Right. So what they did now is that they got into the aspect of... This is where the film was a little shoehorn in my opinion. The way they, they got into to Powers and him being a CIA... He's a CIA agent. Well, well he's he, hired he, he 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 by the CIA. Hired by the CIA to do a job. Basically to take pictures of, of Russia and Eastern Bloc and yeah. he's playing a shot down. Yeah, in, in, a, in a very cool looking sequence yeah that's like, area so battle right anyway he got, got shot down and what he would why he was vilified and this was he was kind of edward Sto- i'll say you know it's like what we hate um somebody like edward stoner now mm. he was like that guy basically what he was he was shot down and he was supposed to take i think it was a pin that he was supposed to scratch himself with to, to be poisoned almost instantly yeah basically the cyanide capsule slash that and then he was supposed to destroy uh, the uh, photos destroy the plane, yeah, the, the plane because, yeah. because not only the, not only the camera and the lens is, is cutting the technology but the plane itself was cutting the technology right. how you could have such a small plane eh, and how you could get that high with the plane that was cut, really cutting the technology supposed to destroy it he didn't do that basically kind of effed up and yeah. you know he was paraded on Moscow and, and Russian television and, and all of that stuff yeah. then they got into a deeper aspect of the internal struggles within the USSR the USSR wasn't a unique block you had a different faction, which was basically Eastern Europe, um, basically separate, trying to separate themselves from Russia. Yeah. And they had a whole piece of shenanigans going on there. Yeah. And it was, it, oh, that's a cut there. There was a great, great sequence there where, like, where we introduced to, to, um, to, to, to Berlin. Well, Berlin, and then you see East Berlin. So East yeah. and West Berlin. Yeah. So you're seeing, like, East Berlin uh, starts off with, and the camera is following this one character on, on, a, on a bike. Yeah. And you see the wall being built. Yeah. And then as soon as he reaches by the end wall, he turns the corner and then you see West Berlin. Yeah. But that guy on the bike right. also has a has a has a, a point. Role. A, yeah, a okay, role so he's uh, well, what's the character's name? I think it's um it was Powers and then what was his name, boy? Uh, his name was... He's an economic student. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his his name was uh, Frederick Pryor. Pryor, thank you. Yeah, right. He was studying you, economics in Germany. Right, he was an economic student and he had girlfriend. his dissertation and so on and so on. Yeah, so... What happens is that Tom Hanks, being the goody-two-shoes kind of character, mm-hmm. he basically wanted to... Not only wanted powers, but he also wanted um, Pryor to come as well. Yes. So it was an exchange of two for one. Yeah. And that was kind of tricky. But you realize it wasn't really... Why he could have pulled it off and the way you understood is that USSR was united. And he, in a sense, he played the politics against um, what went on. Right. Now, when he went, <laughs> no, so he was asked by, um, after his case now, he was asked, because the whole shenanigans with Powers went down, he wanted to, they, they asked him to go and get him, basically, to the prisoner exchange. And because he was so close to Rudolf, he said, all right, well, I could, I could pull off the exchange and do a good job with that. Right. Um, I'll have to say, again, this film is, this is what classic filmmaking is. Yeah. This really, when I was sitting over watching this, I was like, I couldn't, at no point, at no point throughout the film, I was like, alright, there's a mistake here. This is a problem here. This is sick. Every piece of editing, you could tell is some on top. Yeah, yeah, there, there, was, there was a lot of a lot of thought and effort to yes, everything, right. from editing was... to even the music as well too, because yeah. if you notice, there was no music literally for the first 25 minutes. It's yeah. only in one scene where... Uh, Tom Hanks leaves a restaurant and there's a, a guy chasing him. Right, that was all right. I love that sequence. Right? And Thomas Newman's score, well, Thomas Newman, very great composer. He yeah. he, he made one of my favorite um, cinematic scores for a movie called Road to Perdition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which right. also starred Tom, um, Hanks, Tom yeah. Hanks as well, yeah, too. Based off of yeah. uh, a manga, the, I think? Yeah, a graphic novel, right. which was based off of the manga, Wolf okay. Cup. Yeah. Okay. So that music comes in at, right, uh, at that moment and continues on until right. the end of the film. Yeah. And... No, this movie is next to perfect for me as well. Much like yeah. Beast No Nations, it's a very strong political film. Um, the tension is different because whilst um, most war, as we understand it, is hot, the idea of the hot war, which is actual gunfire, actual yeah. violence, actual, you know, in the case of Beast No Nations, with this, it's really more the idea of, well, it's going to stay cool. It's about espionage and about in, um, information warfare. And it's going to go. It's going to be good until it stops being good. Yeah. And then when that happens, we're going to have basically what they call a new thermonuclear exchange. And the planet Earth was very, very close to that many times, for roughly fifty years. Right. Right. Which is really shitty. Um, 
But the, it, it, they got into that, and they got into the, the just the pettiness of the whole situation, the politics. Um, America and Russia was kind of the adults in the room, but the Eastern Bloc, that group, I forget the actual name of the group, which was the Eastern States of so-and-so, it was a bullshit kind of name. Uh-huh. And how petty and childish they were, how unprofessional they were, and how they just wanted to have a seat at the table, and why they kidnapped, the, why they, kept, they, they caught the American students uh, prior, was yeah. just for that, just to have a peace. Yeah. Just to have a, pl- a, a, you know, some leverage, and how unprofessional it was, and how, how stupid and silly the entire thing was, you know. Yeah, at the end of the day, it was, yeah. Anyway. Um, Tom Hanks had to basically go to hell and back to get his get these two guys and well, they do a good job. Well, hell in the cold actually because yeah. yeah, he had to leave his warm home and go yeah. into the cold of, yeah. of Berlin. He go, yeah, he, go to, he lost his coat, he got robbed. Well, he had to exchange some information to, to lose his coat. Um, yeah. It was really, I thought it was really well done. They had this, my, my favorite part of the movie, two like, parts of the movie I really liked when um, the guy said, um, he asked him, why aren't you worried? And he said, would it change anything? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and when I saw the audience laugh, yeah, they did it twice, 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 and they did it beautifully both times. Yeah. Uh, the second time I liked is when he had um, so he was more or less traumatized when he was in East Berlin when he when he's crossing the path and they see some some people trying to cross the wall. Yeah, trying to jump the wall and they got shot. And you see them get get gunned down, and then they they cut back to a part where you see him he was in the United States on a train. Yeah. And he just see a fence with some kids jumping over the wall. Jumping over, yeah, and it's just that dynamic there as well too. Um, coming on to the and the movie actually plays a lot too. It's like that sort of dynamic is. Um, this is how life is in the states, so it's all shut. It, it all looks, you know, right, really? sort of Again, it, Americanized. It, it, looks, it looks like a JC Lion Decker painting. If you know who that is, he's an <laughs> old um, classic painter, uh, kind of what we call Americana. Right. And then somebody and more popular, Norman Rockwell. Yeah. It really looks like that. Right. Um, and then when you go to 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 the Berlin scenes, it's yeah. all cool yeah. and you drab. know really drab. Really, lots of greys yeah. and whites. And they get into, they get into the, again, they get into the, the corruption of the situation, the, the hypocrisy of the scenario. Um, they do, again, I, I, but the, what I liked about this film, much like with Munich, where Munich, I thought, stayed dark the entire time, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, Munich had very little light moments in it. Yeah. This one did a good job of the idea of how to be optimistic in this situation. Yeah. And, and even though Tom Hanks' character is not, he's, he's very optimistic, but he's not naive. He understands the situation. Exactly. He gives, he gives his speeches. You know, he gives his speeches about American um, Constitution, or Constitu- right? Yeah. The American Constitution and and the rule of law and these kind of things. Um, and you really root for that. They yeah. do a good job because it, it constantly the, we see the American government breaking this in there and they, they, you know they're breaking their own rules. And he just had to kind of had to stay good, you know, keep keep himself to the ground. And they did a, a, such a fantastic job with that. Yeah. My rating for this film is an IMAX. Um, not a high IMAX, but an IMAX. It's it's the only thing I have a, prop, a little problem with is where. It still had that, that Steve Spielbergian, you know, he needs to make little things coincidental so it, for the sake of emotion. Oh. <laughs> you saw a couple of those in yeah, yeah, film, especially I, I coming down to the end of the film. Yeah. You had to do that, which is fine. Um, but for the most part, it was just really, really well done, really well told, um, really well paced, really well shot. Um, this movie gets a very, very good score for me. Um, I really totally recommend it. Go see it, people. It's very good. All right. Well, for me, I, I, I totally agree with with, with in regards to this film. I enjoyed it as well too, a lot more than I actually expected yeah. from a film with uh, starring it's Tom Oscar Hanks Woody. and directed by, by Steven Spielberg. And yes, it is Oscar Woody. Yeah. I do see Tom Hanks being nominated for Best Actor yeah. easily. Yeah. Spielberg for Best Director easily. Yeah, I totally see that happening. Um, Mark Rylance, who played yes. Rudolph Abel, Very good was fantastic. Very he good. deserves a Best Supporting Actor yeah. uh, Academy Award nomination yeah. for the most part. I, he really deserves it. Um, Cinematography is fantastic. Yep. Acting is fantastic across yep. the board. Yep. Music by Tom, um, Thomas Newman is great. Mm-hmm. Editing was great as well too. Yeah. Um, Ma- Michael Carting did he, did he edit in for this? Michael Kahn. Uh, Michael Kahn. Michael Kahn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, one thing though, I I would say um, there are a lot of conversation conversational scenes, a lot of dialogue in it. It's yeah. very dialogue heavy. Yeah. But at no point in time did it feel really no, like, no, because boring it, it was, or no, it was drawn pers- out. Because it's very procedural, and that's why it worked. Because exactly. It's not again. It's not about action or anything like that. The yeah, it's, point it's really about war. negotiations yeah. and trying to, to come to a compromise. Yeah, now we basically just basically just you know keeping people's you know the better angels of our nature to, to triumph. Yeah. Over the stupidity and, and the childishness. Now. Yeah. And, and, and what I, and I really like to regardless of the cold war setting, because it's not like you know uh, Russia had it out that they had to annihilate um, America at all costs. Right. But it was just really about you know the Europeans on one side, the Americans on the other side. And they're just trying to negotiate stuff. It's not like yeah. America is bad or, or Russia or, or Germany is bad. It's just these individuals with their own opinions yeah. 
coming together, talking. They may not agree with what the other person says, but they come together and they work out a compromise. Yeah. And it benefits the the prisoners or the spies in the in yeah. the film. And yeah. I, I love that because you know Tom Hanks' character is the kind of hero we need. And well, they did a great follow up of what Tom Hanks' career was basically just negotiated a bunch of stuff throughout the rest of his life. Yes. yes. Uh, I think Beer Pigs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he was involved in Beer Pigs. Yeah. He, he helped uh, save the lives of tons and of people. In today's hundreds. world, you know, that's the kind of hero you need in the modern world. Not G.I. Joe, not Rambo. No, that's yeah. not that nonsense. I mean, I love my Marvel films and my, you know, Captain America throwing shield and knocking yeah. out but, but, but is he but every man though? Is he every exactly. individual? Yeah, who's, you know? it's just that, that simple aspect of it. And, and they get into that, that, that paradigm of how to deal with, um, you know, what the real evils of our society is. It's not, it's not Hydra, guys. It's not that nonsense. It's really... <laughs> Hydra. Uh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's it's just people who think they're doing good, but they realize they, when they start when they start hearing people being for blood, then, you know, you kind of cross the line. And, they, yeah. you know, it had this really powerful moment in when he when it was announced that he was going to get to take for life instead of the death penalty. And he had all these psychopaths in the courtroom just yelling, Hey, why aren't you? Why aren't we hanging this guy? And that kind of nonsense. Yeah, like, hang wow. all Ruskies and all that. Right, kind of and you got, you got into that uh, that aspect. And it was really it was really well done. Um, yeah, really, really. It, that it was a horror, horror, horrible film in that way, but it wasn't scary. It was no, just, no, it was. It was just like this was this was the reality of its time. But yeah. at least this is how people try to work their ways out of it. They try to yeah. make life better, at least yeah. for everyone involved. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this, for, this for me, this is like. Spielberg's return to that whole classical yeah, Hollywood style that you know he did with War Horse and you know, Catch Me If You Can and stuff. With this, with this film, I felt like um, watching you know with um, with with Wes Anderson and uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. You really get got a sense of return to form. Yes, yes, this yes. This film, it same does. thing. And Martian guys, Martian and um, what do you call him? Uh, who did the Martian? Uh, really, Scott. Scott, yeah, Scott yeah, and Martian. So that that, uh, that aspect of. Just return to form. Yeah, great directors return to form. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> it's the about of, time too. That's know? the theme. Yeah, that's the theme of yeah. it. You know, I've been really disappointed in a lot of the material, especially well. Well, Spielberg it was halfway, halfway because I didn't like War Horse at all. Uh, I, I I liked it. It's it, a little it, too it had, Yeah, it, it was. It, it was. I would admit, but I like this sort of old school right. sort of kick back on a Sunday afternoon and watch this kind of film. It had that sort of vibe. To it. Right. Really old school. Uh, but for me, for me, I thought uh, I couldn't get into War Horse. I thought it was a little too too generic. A little too formulaic um, yeah. for me. But the horse was awesome, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, it was just more, it felt more technical about, look, we're shooting this horse running. Yeah. You know, that is it. All right, um, but but, but for this, for this, I just thought it was just so well paced. Exactly. Just so, it just built really well, though. Yeah. Um, and and, and it, the, the climax and the end yeah. scenes were, were powerful. Everything, they really hit you in the gut as well, too. Yeah, um, I thought, because, like, I thought the guy at the end, oh, well, I can't spoil it. No, no, no. I don't no, want to spoil no, it, but yeah. I really thought that kind of trauma for what they did with that. Right. But, um, that, that caught me off guard. But it was all right. It was still all right. Good. Well, for me, I, I would easily read this as one of the best movies I've seen. Yeah. For it's this probably, year, probably gonna get a top ten. Yeah, I, I definitely see this yeah, coming in at, at a top ten. A top 10. I, you know, what I mean, with, there's been a lot of a great stuff coming out this year, so I don't know if I'm gonna do ten or twenty or whatever. Yeah. But I definitely see this in in a top ten. So for me, I give this four out of five stars. Right. See this movie as soon as you can. Yeah, see totally, it on big screen. Totally recommend. If you yeah. can. Um. If you want to wait till it comes on the home media, fine. But you know, it, no, it no, is no, definitely no, this, worth seeing this, on no, big screen. Totally, Don't think totally, of it totally as totally spend your money for this one. Yeah, I it really, is really recommend. Money. Really recommend for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So no, as, as I said, this was a fantastic movie. Yeah, the, we what we cover covered terrible Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah, knock knock. Very good Idris <laughs> Elba movie. Yes. And very good Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. Um. So. So I think I think we could wrap up from here. Yeah, we could try to have a wrap up. So I. We just want to know of this quick piece of information from you, Matthew, as in, and you could tell myself and everyone out there, where can we contact you? Well, sure, no problem. Alright, so you can find me on Twitter. Just look for, just type in, sorry, Legally Black MJB. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find me there. Um, you'll find the links to all the podcasts that I've done before, as well as some random tweets I do every once in a while. I see something really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook, you could just find me at Matthew Bailey. Uh, for my blog page, Illegally Black Blog, you can just type in Illegally Black Official fan page on Facebook. Or if you go on Google or Yahoo or whatever your um, your search provider is online, mm-hmm. just type in legallyblack.wordpress.com. You see links to all the podcasts we've done, myself and Ricardo, including this podcast that you're listening to right now, and my written reviews as well too. Yes, uh, you're going to contact me at rmedi, that's R M E D D 
Y on Twitter. And you can just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You should be able to find me, hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, if push comes to shove, just contact Matthew and then see any friends. <laughs> yeah. If anything. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so we are, I think this is a good... God damn, this year had some good movies, though. It did, it did. And I know there's a few more some coming up. I mean... Yeah, you got some well, movies. Like, uh, last year uh, had good movies, but this yeah. year... Um, I really hope that 2016 don't have a do disappointment. Now, 2016 going to be comic book movies trying to return to form because of course. this year comic book movies were a big disappointment on, in general um, well yeah with, with the rare exception of, of Ant-Man Ant-Man is a pass no but even Ant-Man was supposed to be better yeah um, and that's then what happens when you kick Edgar Wright yeah, out of and then, yeah. so, so all the blockbusters stuff and then we started to get to return to form in terms of the big films in terms of, of proper form films so I will have to say um, this Oscar is going to be good yeah, yeah, I, yeah this year had some really good movies Sicario is fantastic uh, uh, which which good. I did get around to this seeing as as I promised in my um, movie, last time. Yeah, I have, yeah. have some movies to see still. Uh, one movie I have to find because I think well TIFF ended the other day. Right. So I think um, it's a bunch of movies I want to see from that. Hopefully I'll just get my hands on those. Right. Um, hopefully I would have to try to get them. I'll, mo most of my movies I try I get legal. Only if I'm incredibly <laughs> yeah. impatient then I, I go for the torrents or something like that. Right. Most times, majority of films are, are friends in nice places, not high places, but nice places. Nice places, huh? Yeah, that would um, give me a little link and a little legal stuff, and I'll see, alright, cool, I got a chance to see blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, what else? Uh, all right, there's um, a film I still haven't gotten a chance to see. This is Ewan McGregor's Last Des Days of the Desert. Yeah, you, uh, you mentioned that last time. Well, yeah, I really, well, really want to get a chance to see it. I still haven't seen that, and I come out since early this year. I thought I'd have seen it by now, but I really didn't make the effort to go and fight down to see it. Alright, um, I haven't seen Dope yet. I need to check that out. Yeah, I'll totally um, recommend Dope. Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. I saw that. I need though. to check that out. Yeah. Um, well, of course, you know, there's Spectre coming up as well. Right, so that's, uh, that's more likely the next one we're going to be seeing. Yeah. And then some television we're going to have to, we have to catch up with. Of course, yes, yes, yeah. most definitely. Good um, television start back, so I have to take that in. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yes, we also forgot to mention the, the, the newest Star Wars trailer is supposed to come out, um, well, the day after this the right, recording so of this Sunday, broadcast. Right, so Monday, so we'll have a new trailer, and I think something, oh, they're going to be selling tickets officially. If local IMAX is going to be doing that, that'll be fantastic. That means yeah. I can buy, buy tickets now because I'm the kind of guy that will do that. I yeah. buy tickets and just have a midnight screen and all that shit. Yeah, definitely, definitely opening night, right? Yeah. How to be, yeah. <laughs> well, if, as, as close to open as we could get. We'll yeah. make the effort to push on things. So that's pretty much it, guys. Um, yeah. Nothing more else to say. Well good, well, good afternoon, good night, good morning, or whenever time you're listening to this. Uh, Matthew, any last um, questions? Well, thanks so much, guys, for, for, for listening to our thoughts on, on films. Yeah. Um, if you if you liked it, you know, just like it on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Please share it. Let your friends know about it. Um, have you seen these films? Have you seen Knock Knock? Have you seen yeah. in the, the Idris Elba film? I forgot the title. Beast of No Nation. Yeah, Beast of No Nation. Yeah. Um, have you seen uh, Bridget Spies? What do you think about it? Did you like them? Did you hate them? Yeah. Uh, what films are you looking forward to this year? What were your favorite films this year? What were your least favorite films this year? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it. All right.